relax. Those beats mean you're now listening to the very real people in places that supply your high. This is Grown Local with Billy Wayne Davis and Mike McGowan. Damn it. You can't do it. You can't do it. I almost said something twice and I was like, he can't do it. I think it was. I would let it go for five minutes just because I think that would be funny. I think that would be really funny and we'd lose a lot of subscribers. <laughs> be like, what but the fuck? Where's all this quiet coming from? That is the that is the Andy Kaufman and every most comedians is like, just fuck it up a little bit. Just That'd be a little funny. bit. Oh, man. What if they're mad at you for no What if they're happy and then you made them mad? <laughs> because then it makes it more fun to even do it a little bit better then. Yeah, but you're right. It is the human brain is a motherfucker. I mean, if, we have to control it. If I'm being honest, I even love when plants are a little bit fucked up. And then I'm like, ooh, I get to see what I can do with this. I get to see where... What type of shittiness I can take this to after this? Yeah, it's fun like that. I get it. And challenge. And then you see, but you you see how resilient cannabis is, and it's like, oh holy shit, you made that when you looked that shitty, and then you got healthy again. The abuse I've put the plant (laughs) every time I've grown it, even when it I thought I was doing well, I look back and I was like, I was. That's a tough. That's a tough plant. <laughs> it's tough. It, it wanted it more than I did, and I wanted it back. <laughs> it didn't even want it though. It was just doing it. It was just. It was doing. just doing it, and I was really getting in its way more than it. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> that's the whole thing with it. But I think that's a good point, though. Like, like in comedy too, is like, especially young when you're young. In comedy, you want to be so funny all the time. Mm-hmm. And that's not it's it's not the trick. The people, trick is to like if it's going good, don't fuck it up. That's just, the trick. Just ride the wave. It's the same thing with the cannabis plants too. You know, especially with like the way that we're growing it, and it's like you know our grow rooms are sort of like the most dialed in and everything. And it's like okay, well don't push it. Just let it do its thing and just ride the wave and. You know, hopefully that comes out in the taste because you're not forcing it to do something that it doesn't want. Yeah. No, I... Yeah. And listening to it. Oh, yeah. You gotta listen to the crowd. You gotta listen to... Because that's another thing. is like, you can say whatever you want to any crowd. And you can get them to listen. That's the most fun about stand-up when they're like, well, if... I And I'll say this. Like, here's the thing. A lot of people right now, this is not politics, but it's just like a thing. Uh, they're like, well, if you don't, if you're not joking about what I believe in, you're not funny. You're like, that's not true. <laughs> that's not, that's the opposite. That is the opposite of what it's like. To me, I like it when someone is saying something I cannot believe in a million years, but they're making me laugh my dick off about it. that's funny that is that's what comedy is is like listen i what you're saying is no but 
wow, that's funny the way you're saying that. That's a bad thing to say. That makes me sad inside. <laughs> but I'm also, uh, uh, I'm also not, not a disingenuous person where I also know you're kidding. Yeah. You, you know what I mean? When it's like you're taking these, it's just interesting. It's a tangent. We'll talk about it on the Billy Wayne and Davis podcast <laughs> that's coming out. Coming out soon. See that plug? See plugging it. What are you growing? What are you growing? Strain wise, anything new? Um, no, we're getting into a little bit of a rotation. I mean, so we do. We'll be harvesting the OCT here soon, which is the OG cherry tree, and. It has the weirdest smell ever. Like, we've been debating at work how to quantify it, almost. Because it legit just smells like a Les Schwab tire store. Really? Yeah. Ooh. It's so That's weird. Like a, that, it's not a bad smell. Mm-mm. It's not. But it's... Like, there's something... Yeah, interesting. But it's interesting. It's so weird because it's like it's a plant. It's a natural thing. It's a plant. But how do you smell like a Les Schwab tire store? I don't. You work at Les Schwab, or you, or that's where they. You think that's where they were bred? That strain was bred in the back of a Les Schwab. It was like grown in like a tire, an empty tire in the back of the shop. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I would love to do cross promotion. So if there's any Le Schwab higher ups that listen to our podcast, <laughs> you don't have to please pump re- that yeah, smell. No. You don't have to. You don't even have smell. to be a sponsor. I would just be fascinated that you listen to this podcast that we do not promote yet, <laughs> and that you are you are a high up corporate executive at a large corporation, and you're like these two guys get it. <laughs> like, please reach out. GrownLocalPod at gmail.com. If you are an executive at Les Schwab, we don't necessarily want your money. If you want us, if you do want, just, you know, give us some ad money. That's cool. But more than anything, just holler at us. Yeah, that would be weird. Or if, you know what? Why would, I'm not even going to limit it to Les Schwab. I think, I think if you're a corporate executive at all and you're listening, please reach out. We'll help you out. We'll yeah. figure some stuff out for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We're going to have a corporate executive level on the Patreon, <laughs> which is uh, it's not cheap. It's if, worth it. If, if any of our listeners have been keeping track, there's like 30 different levels to this Patreon that we haven't even put there's out There's just going to be four, and one of them is going to be ridiculous, and the rest <laughs> of them are going to be ridiculous. Yeah. So. It'll be fun that way. Yeah. But then, It'll be worth your money, for, oh, sure. for sure. I'm not going to waste your fucking money. Mm-mm. That'd be ridiculous. That'd be stupid yeah. to do. No, but, the last one will. It won't waste your money if you give it to us. Mm-mm. It'll be a fun time. Me and Billy are pretty that fun fourth guys. fourth tier. Yeah, we're fun. Fourth tier is a good time. <laughs> so, we're also growing week, the ice cream cake. You should bring that one back. What about jelly breath? Didn't you bring that one back too? Yeah, that one's harvested and drying right now. We got some hitters. We got we got Dumb. a good stable. We got a good stable of ladies that we bring out, and they're just heavy hitters. Slee and I, the last time I got a hold of that jelly breath, we we smoked on that, and then we just made some mistakes. Not like. <laughs> 
not like life mistakes, but like hanging mistakes. You know, what I mean? like hangout mistakes. Yeah. We were just like, oh, we forgot to order the pizza. Um, that kind of shit. Time, space, oh. and reality mistakes of being like, ah, oh, that 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 messes the feng shui of this hang. He won't even mess with it anymore. I like it on occasion, but you got to know what you're getting into. Mm-hmm. You're just like, oh, you're gonna be a dummy when you go into that, which is fun at times. But if you got shit to do, don't do it. Don't do it. And he said, that's why cannabis and THC and strains have to be looked at like food. Like, it took me till my 30s to realize that I can't eat a huge burrito from this one burrito shop for lunch during the summer because then I'm just asleep for the rest of the day and I am not going to be productive. And that's the same thing. Like, if you think of cannabis as food and as nourishment for your soul and for your body, you know, think of it that way. Like, this this food's going to get me amped up and going to get me fucking doing the shit I need to do. I do think of it that way. Yeah. And my life is good. Yeah. You should literally think of also everything. Also exercise and do a lot of other stuff that helps. It's not just cannabis. I did. I tried the just cannabis. And that's not, that doesn't work as far as like making you happy and complete. It's not, makes you pretty stoned. But that's not, you. it's like, it's like everything else. It's like a complete package thing. Well, it's the same thing as plants, you know. Most first-time farmers, all they're caring about is the nitrogen, phosphorus, potassium, throwing some cow mag. But then when you get to another tier of it, it's just all micro—it's all microorganisms and uh, micronutrients. It's like, hey, where am I getting that boron at, baby? Where am I getting that molybdenum? I don't know, man. Where are you getting it at? Well, so it depends. At, uh, Boron actually... Is it across from white label extracts? Is it near there? No. It's closer to next level. But they do have a place over by the Herbal Center that does sell molybdenum. See? Yeah. Well, well, also, Eugene's small enough. I know if I said anywhere, is it close to? And you'd have to say, yeah, it's pretty close. It's pretty close. It's close enough. Well, the insane fact that it's such a small town and there's like eight grow shops... It's like a town of 160,000 people, and there's like eight grow shops. There's more grow shops than there are 7-Elevens. I think that's something to look at. That's amazing. That's a beautiful thing. Fuck yeah, it is. It's a beautiful, beautiful thing. But you guys have dairy marts, so don't act like there's not a lot of 7-Elevens. It just has a different name, man. I hate dairy mart. Being somebody... Don't get into it. Don't get into it. It's not the podcast. Wah, 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 wah. Yeah, but that's East Coast, and motherfuckers aren't going to know what you're talking about. But it is special. When you walk into a Wawa, you're like, what is this wonderful world? Uh, we got to move into this episode, man. Yeah, we do. We've been just hanging out. This happens. This happens. We don't get to hang out, so Mike and I just start yapping because we're friends. We talk. And then, well, that's the foundation. And then, above, you know, we got other stuff going on above that. So... Ryan. Oh, yeah. Inter- I mean, I don't even want to say anything because of the ride he's going to take everybody on. I mean, and that's like the cool thing of the first time I met him. I was like, oh, I know this dude. And then every single time this man speaks a word out of his mouth, I'm like, oh, this guy is not who I thought he was. He is a whole nother complex and interesting character. Yes. 
He is layered. So layered. And, yeah, it's just... And thank God he likes to talk like I... We'll, uh, you know, we'll do an, like a Unsolved Mystery updates. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And bring... Because he does... There's a couple times he leaves you with more questions than answers about certain stuff. Well, the f- but he just puts some certain things in perspective. I don't want to ruin it. No. Really, the more I'm like, how do we even introduce this? I'm like, I think we just get into this one because he explains everything pretty well, right? He explain he explains everything that he wants to explain is the thing. About that's that's a good thing that I wanted to bring up. I'm glad, and you said it is that you'll notice this on this podcast is sometimes people will get excited about telling the stories and then realize that we're on a podcast and there's no finish. No. Because the finish would put them... uh, Would get them in trouble. Maybe. Maybe not. You know, who knows? Because they don't finish the story. And that's That's how this is. (laughs) And that's what I'm like... That's like... And that's the fun part about some of these interviews. You have to think of them like that where you're like... I want to know what happens. Like, well, one day you will. One One day. That's how it goes. Or you won't. It is. Or you can just choose your own adventure about what's happening. (laughs) My my brother who lives in Philadelphia, he sells investment opportunities and financing, basically. And he'll Mm -hmm. be talking to me and he'll be like, man, can you just step away from your job for a second and not be so vague? And really, that's what it is, is people who have been in this industry for a long time, we talk in vagities that are almost stereotypical of like, you know, any type of movie that you see where it's like, hey, what about that one thing? That one thing? And it's stuff like that. And honestly, you know, it, a lot of times it's nothing and sometimes it's something, but we just know what's going on and we just talk that way. Yeah. You're all like weird twins. <laughs> Well, Introduce the man. <laughs> well, let's give it up. Number one, shout out to the Loyal to the Soil crew, of course, which you will be learning about. But give some love to my man, Ryan Maris. with a uh, purple punch. Is it going to tell me that I have a rich uncle that died? <laughs> oh, is that the uh Well, so the land race stuff? Yeah. That would be a land race for sure. Mm-hmm. It's a land yeah. race mixed with How did the, that work? I don't fucking know. We got we we uh we have the wonderful genetics and yeah, it was just a nice little land race cross with purple punch, so there's that with it. But yeah, a little pheno. I feel like hunt. purple punch is like one of the most deceptive weeds of really? all time. 
Yeah, because to me it looks like a 35 percenter. <laughs> I mean, when I see purple, I mean, it's just like, just just crystals everywhere, mm-hmm. and it usually is like 18 percent. Well, and that's the thing too, is it, because of that fruitiness. Like that's why I notice is the fruitiness just will fuck you up on testing all the goddamn time. Right. What does that mean? Well, just so most fruity weed doesn't test high in THC, but you know it's it's annoying because basically if you have anything fruity and exotic, it tastes amazing and the high will be great. But then when you get the THC testing, for some reason it doesn't test high at all. The only people oh, I so people go ahead. Sorry, I was gonna say the only people I've really seen that do a good job with that is like resin ranchers has a strawberry mm-hmm. banana cross the straw nana that they grow yeah i'm yeah. like i was like wow i was overpowered <laughs> by i was like how is this possible no. right they, I, mean, I mean so what they charge for it better be fucking overpowered that's what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah so i mean you know it's it's not gonna be a you know a cat you know mm-hmm. a widespread thing but they've that's about the only one. Everything else, like you said, it's low testing. Well, so like, and and the nice thing. Well, hold on, Ryan. What's it do? To, hold on, nerd. <laughs> um, what's it do to you when when you say you're just like overpowered? Like, what can you describe what that does to you? Oh, not overpowered. Like the weed does the smell. The smell and the taste are overpowering, and like it really smells like strawberries and bananas are mixed in this ah, like i really I like i really get it yeah. i'm like you know because people be like yeah this is you know orange crush candy kool-aid you know kush yeah. but it tastes like shit but their straw nana tastes and smells like strawberries and bananas crossed mm. it's just really yeah okay i see what you're saying where it's just like very clear yeah because a lot of times yeah a lot of times like weed heads are just like no can't you smell the diesel with there's just like a hint of Nutella in there because I spilled some when we were growing. And you're like, no, nah, dude, that smells like hay, man, because you didn't cure that. Right, right, that smells like hay because you don't know how to grow weed. Yeah. <laughs> because, you know, it's like, you know, losing weight and doing all that stuff. You know, 90% of it's diet, but everyone thinks you can just go to the gym, you know, with that 10% and overpower it. But, yeah, they do. You know, King's is really stepped up i think you know that that them cookies are starting to get to be my favorite <laughs> we gotta get that back out asap that's yeah. that guys I'll, I'll be honest with you that's a top five for me really all time wow. i said it immediately what's your top five i would you say ran that, that mouth now you gotta do it <laughs> okay so the resin ranchers with their straw nana to me is number one just overall effects, the smell that, that you get from it. Um, wow. That's like, you didn't even hesitate. That is your number That's one. my number one. If I could smoke that nonstop, you know, I, I imagine the oil from it probably tastes like, you know. Candy. Yeah. Vagina, I was going to yeah. say. Same, <laughs> same thing, right? We suck on it till it's gone. It's, so, yeah, everyone's got the, yeah. Okay. So, I mean, yeah. So, that's that's definitely number one. Um you Green Farms here, they grow some Donnie Burger. Mm-hmm. Their Fino's really good. I like the red redneck wedding crasher yeah. that they got. That's yeah. a really nice. And they're one they're too. wedding, you know, they they're they're just like you guys, they're no till. 
Um, good friend of mine, Eric's over there, you know, overseeing that operation. Um, pheno, you mean the smell, right? No, the pheno, the, the cut from it. So, you know, you pop a thousand seeds and, you know, they're labeled one through a thousand and you grow them to maturity. Oh, number seven gave us the best effects. It grew the greatest. And so now it's the number seven. Oh, man, you said all that like I understood <laughs> the goddamn. So phenos are, uh, if, if you pot, if you do a batch of seeds, like usually when you get seeds, there'll be a whole batch of them, and you go through them, and throughout them, they're like brothers and sisters. Well, mostly sisters because we're going for the feminine uh, mm-hmm. versions of this. But through that batch it'll be like siblings they are all the same but different in different ways they'll yield different they'll have a little bit more from mom a little bit more from dad and they'll all have their own characteristics so you do pheno hunting where you go through a batch of seeds and you find the one that's your favorite the one right. that you the gorilla glue four, right yeah so that's what everybody smoked for two years mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. and that's that's what it is gorilla glue it's the fourth pheno from that and you know the 11th i think was the second most popular out of that (laughs) that gorilla glue number four yeah i mean the mac one which was really big for a while you know there's a bunch of crosses of that it was the miracle alien cookies and it was the number one that he found and that he loved and then people pop seeds of a whole different bunch of those cookies found it the best the best advertised weed strain of all time (laughs) well even like gelato gelato 33 33, that's the most known gelato uh so that's what that number means when they say right that's the pheno that's the sorry to interrupt that's the seed that won (laughs) that's the seed that won out of all the seeds popped that's the one that broke the egg and and grew that beautiful weed so yeah and the cookies are right behind it they're Mm. number three for me for sure I mean, I was, you know, I opened it up and I showed it to some friends and, and we sat down and, and they were like, I think this is the best weed I've ever smoked. And I, and I, and I agreed with them. There's not very much stem, um, which I can't stand. Mm, no stems, no yeah. seeds. I hate stems. <laughs> I just, you know, especially if you're buying it from a store on a rec park market up here, you know, if you're 14, 15 bucks a gram, I don't want seeds. No. There are stems in there. But yeah, so those cookies... Um, Don't come to California. I know that's right. <laughs> I know that's right. I think um, OG cookies, you know, the original cookies are going to be, you know, number four and probably Gelato 33. Yeah, that's a great one. It's a, it's a, it's a phenomenal one. I mean, you know, it's an exotic. Huh. So you Now, what do you do in cannabis right now? What are you up to? Um... Little bit of this, little bit of that. Um, doing the <laughs> so, um, you know, I'm doing because I've been doing the music stuff so much. Um, like I said, we were on tour in Austin, Texas when uh, the corona shut everything down. But what, what was that like? Four guys in a two bedroom um, Airbnb expecting to mingle with a million people for music and just sitting there doing absolutely nothing that was just the end watching everything shut down tours just nothing and then driving home to eugene it was uh it was weird 
Yeah. I have video. We, we faced a tornado on the way home. <laughs> I was like, COVID and then a tornado. Yeah. We drove by, you know, through New Mexico. That's its own thing. <laughs> it sure is. I, I, it is its own thing. Yeah. It's like saying, you know, I was through a tornado. I went through New Mexico. <laughs> To the good people of New Mexico. That's uh, That's a little wake-up call. So, you know, I'm... But I'm doing the music stuff. They know. They know. They're like, yes. You know, there's a reason, you know, stuff happens there. But so how long have you been in Eugene for? 1999. I got off a Greyhound bus from Panama City Beach, Florida. Whoa. 19 years old. Whoa. Whoa. Did you grow up in Panama City? No, I uh, grew up in Northern California. Oh. Okay. So I'm a NorCal native. I was born in Mountain View outside San Francisco. Um, so NorCal is my home. When we, when I was 17, moved to Georgia for my dad's work. Graduated next year. Moved to Panama City Beach, Florida. Um Waited tables, did some different stuff, didn't like it, worked with some old hippies, and they're like, yeah, every year when Panama City shuts down, we go to Eugene, Oregon. And they said that the farmers would come down from the hills with satchels, great sacks of marijuana that they grew through the summer. And it's like, like, like it was a thing. Like, can you imagine, you know, you've been here. So obviously in Eugene, it, it, we're in a valley. Yeah. You know, there's mountains. So, you know, if yeah. you can envision, like, you know, a dude just coming down with, like, backpacks full of cola <laughs> sticking out. You know, the sun set at his back. He's, like, coming to Farmer's Market to sell it. That's what they sold it to me as. It's um, like a coffee commercial almost. Yeah, That's you know, how they used to the sell grateful, Folgers. <laughs> the Grateful Dead. Yeah, yeah. The Grateful Dead played Austin Stadium every year. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a place that, you know, a lifelong weed smoker wants to be. Where I wanted to be, especially in that time. So I bought a one-way ticket to Eugene from Florida. Me and a buddy came up here. Greyhound Station that's now closed. RIP to that place. <laughs> it was Where, a great station. It was it, a it's place. so many memories. <laughs> and so, <laughs> so on the ride up, you know, it's a four-day trip. So we're in the Greyhound for four days, and this guy's like, where are you going? Oh, we're going to Eugene. He said, go. He said, get off the bus, turn left on East Broadway, follow it till you see some hippies sitting around. That's where you'll buy the weed from. Mm -hmm. And then go to Hunky Dory's and get you a piece of glass. Yeah. I was like, cool. Walked downtown, saw the dirtiest hippie I've ever seen. Which that area is now known Keezy Square. Oh, Keezy Square, yeah. After the wonderful... Ken Kesey. So, and you used to not be able to drive through there. Yeah. It used to be closed off and like, that's where you'd come. You come from Berkeley to Mendocino, Mendocino County, Humboldt. And then you come up to Eugene, Portland, Seattle. You know, Eugene was just on, it was a stop back then. On the five. Yeah. And it used to be 13th down by the college. They put the police substation. So it moved downtown. So I see the guy, he's, he's saying nugs. So, I mean, this doesn't happen anymore, but there would be a time where you'd walk downtown and there'd be three or four different people saying nugs, 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 nugs. You take your pick. 
Yeah. Do you want to buy a $20 gram from him or him? <laughs> you know, $50 eights. And that's just what it was. You could buy acid, mushrooms. You know, those always come through and in season. So, um, bought a gram of weed for $20. Went to Hunky Dory's glass shop. Bought a piece of glass from a blower that was coming out. Didn't sell everything. Oh, really? So, in the parking lot, I bought a sidecar for 35 bucks. <laughs> And me and my buddy are walking down the street. We've got this weed now. It's starting to rain. I didn't know. How much it fucking rains Well, I didn't here. know that it never stopped. <laughs> I think it's still raining outside. And we're being tricked to believe yeah. it. So we're just walking down the street. And we see these girls across the street and say, hey. Hey, where can we smoke this? Mm. We go to their apartment. End up being super dope. And Yeah. Bought a bunch of camping gear, camped up at Cougar Reservoir for the first three months. Really? Yeah. You were up there? In the So this is end of summer, September. Oh shit. So G.I. Joe's. Remember G.I. Joe's? Mm-hmm. So it used to be our sporting goods store here. So I went there. We <coughs> bought a ton of camping shit. We got on the bus for a buck. You could ride all the way up to the Cougar Hot Springs. Walked about five hundred feet in, turned left, walked about half a mile and cleared a spot and Camp there. Just camp there? Yeah. That's, that's Eventually a... we had to set up, you know, pallets because it rained so much mm-hmm. that in the morning you wake up, if you don't have a pallet underneath you, you're soaked. You're fucked, yeah. Yeah, so. But that's a fucking crash course into Oregon lifestyle. Right. I went full, like, into it. I'd come to town two times a week, hustle up, find enough drugs, mushrooms <laughs> and acid, and take it back out there and... You know, eventually met some people and yeah. moved back into town and started doing some other stuff. But yeah. that's how I got to Eugene. Jeez, yeah, that's that's quite the crash ago. course. Yeah, because like when it is, it is. I mean, pretty. You're you're not the first person we've talked to, and Mike kind of did it too, where you just show up in town and you're like, "Hey, I love weed." And Eugene's like, "All right, go live in the woods for like a." like a month or two and then we'll find you a weed thing. Right. And that's how it happens. Right. But you have to have the right back then you had to have the right energy. Because yeah. back then I think still you do. Well yes. back then the hippies no. really fought. Mm-hmm. Like like, you know, there was it, there was no rec market. You didn't go to the fucking store and be like, yeah, let me see the you know, looking at thirty different weeds with a Starbucks <laughs> in your hand. You're like you know, a pound of wheat's $4,000 yeah. in 1998, in 1999. I mean. It was some real shit back then. I mean, you're, So they would fight each other, the hippies? Oh, the hippies could fight back then. You know, and they sold a lot of LSD and a lot of mushrooms. And, you know, you, if, if, you weren't, if you weren't with it, you were gone because there was no place for, you know, what we allow in the industry now. Mm-mm. Which is people that judged us our entire lives. It's like buying weed for my dad. <laughs> Sometimes. Because I see these owners, yeah. they're like council women and men, and I'm like, but I've seen what you say about stuff. like You know what I mean? Like, you haven't always been on the side of this, and now you, like, found a nice... Now dis- you want the money. You found a nice dispensary location, all of a sudden it's medicine. Mm-hmm. And it's good for the economy, and it's like, you know. Where have so, you been since day one? Yeah, I was on the front lines, running from the Red Hats. Uh, you know the, the 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 security team they had for downtown, yeah. you know, 
I met my guy, Stuart. I can say his name now because I think he's dead. <laughs> but if he's not, I love right. you, Stuart, if you hear this. <laughs> so I met Stuart, and he was, you know, good-looking, you know, Jesus-looking guy. Yeah. You know, had the long, flowy hair and the beard, you know. Just, you know, he rode a rode a race, you know, street bike everywhere and he dated like a couple of nurses. You know, mm-hmm. he was just like the you know Eugenian. He dude. was the Eugesus. Yeah. <laughs> he was Eugesus. There's a couple of them. And so he he came to town and I started selling weed for him. We'd go to the park every day. Me and another guy would get an ounce. Dude would immediately roll up and I'd be like, Yeah, I'm out of here. And so, you know, shit, 2000 now. So this is 2000 because this is when I came to town, yeah. you know, from the Cougar experience. And I moved full time into town and I, and dude took me under his shoulder, under his shoulder, under his wing, took me out to the property where everybody lived. And it was a communal glass blowing shop right next to Bill Condy's land where they had the hemp fest forever mm. where Jack Herrera spoke in 1999. Fuck yeah. Um, so, I got my start through him, and and then in two, end of two thousand and everything was going good into two thousand and one. Of course, I uh, have an unfortunate run in with a child molester. He goes to the hospital. I go to prison for eight and a half years, and uh, yeah, that is unfortunate. That, that is, is unfortunate. Is, yeah, yeah. So you know, spent time in there doing you know. Prison shit. <laughs> see a dude get his nut. I see a dude get his nut shut off. Shut off. Shot shot off, off in a riot. Whoa. Yeah. Uh, that sounds. Like- shot him right in his ass, and it went through and shot his nut off. Jesus Christ. Yeah. It was unfortunate for him. That is worst case scenario. Yeah. That is. I mean, all that sounds pretty fucking unfortunate. It's unfortunate. The whole experience. The whole experience. Not one redeeming factor. Because it sounds like most of it's probably yeah. the only redeeming factor, I guess, would be in the course of that it set my life. Like I have my son now, yeah. So, I, I don't know. Yeah. Would he be here without that? I don't know. So, you know, and it's past. See, that's what people, you know, people dwell on things like that. It's like the prison's in the past for me. Like I'm not gonna dwell on all the fucking time I dwelled on other shit. Mm. Yeah. You know, that's all you did. You sit in there and, you know, fucking hate yourself. Eight and a half years is a long time. That's a hundred months, you know? And so I came out and so, yeah, I got my son. So I guess it's great. Yeah. Well, I mean, who you are is great and who you Prison didn't redeem me. It didn't set to teach me anything. No. And they tried to make me work in their sweatshops where they have, they have call centers where prisoners go and they're on the phone for eight hours a day taking calls and making calls for credit card companies for sales they sell you stuff so you may be talking to an inmate next time somebody <laughs> calls and solicits you i gotta ask them if how much okay. do they get paid 200 big dollars a month so you get Whoa. the 200 dollars is it like commissary type stuff they or? put it on your books so, which is your inmate account that people can put in from. So, you get 200 bucks a month for working, eight hours a day, five days a week, right? 
That's fucking so imagine insane. what imagine what that you know what does an average employee make now in Oregon minimum wage minimum wage is ten or eleven bucks I believe let's say eleven four eight sixteen you know sixteen thousand what nine about twenty grand yeah on a minimum wage they're paying them two hundred so they're paying them twenty four hundred a year um, but just remember if you get in trouble and get a disciplinary infraction they fine you. And they can take your money. And they just, well, they, yeah, they just take the money off the account. They fine you in prison for breaking the rules. What would be some of the rule breaking fines? Like, what would you have to do? A fight's automatic $200. Automatic. So an entire month of work gone for a fight. Well, plus you're going to go to the, you know, you're going to go to SEG for 60 days, 120 days, depending on your, your history. What, what's that? Where do you go? 24 hour lockdown SEG. The hole, I guess you'd call it. Yeah. So they bring you into a room. They shackle you on one arm, make you strip down, do a full strip search, and then put you in a cell for 24 hours a day. Did you ever spend any time in there? I did um, 18 months in there one time. 18 months? So I did six months for an infraction, which I ended up getting charged for outside the walls. What was that, if you don't mind? Um, a stabbing's what happened. The charge was introducing contraband and possession of a weapon inside of a facility so they charged me in you know court criminal yeah. court gave me 13 extra months on my sentence and so i did six months in the hole from the institution i was at which is 23 hour lockdown um no commissary just your three meals a day and a book cart a couple times a week comes by you can pick books out through his little hole that they give you a book yeah throw. so is that do you get to talk to anyone? Well, you talk to the whole, you know, you talk on the tier. So it's just a, it's just a line of cells, top and bottom. Um, you can talk to the vents, to your downstairs neighbor. Um, and then you can just talk on a tier. You shoot kites. We make fishing poles. There's little holes in the bottom of the doors. And, you know, guys be selling pills. They sell the desserts off the food tray. You know, we're in there playing chess. We make chess boards and call out chess moves. Um, so I did six months in the general facility, $200 fine, 13 extra months in prison, and then went to IMU, which is intensive, intensive management unit. How did they manage you? Well, what do you, what do you, what do you take from <laughs> intensively? Yeah. Yeah. No, no, no. <laughs> when you hear me say it, I want to hear what you think. <laughs> well, just the look on your face, it seems like it's probably very brutal. Well, so you're now, you still have, you, you, first of all, you go ride the bus for eight hours. To Eastern Oregon, Snake oh, River. Shit. You're on. Uh, oh. I mean, you're at the end. That looks like a hell. Just driving through it. It's disgusting. Yeah. And so, you get sitting out there. You're in a cell again, but this time you have to do paperwork and, um, you know, packets. And so I did 12 months in there, and all this you get no phone calls, you know, you get letters, and that's it. So you know, for 18 months. I didn't have physical contact with another human. No, you know, no cellies. You're in there, but you know, single cell, mm-hmm. no visits, no phone calls, just letters. So yeah, that was a long 18 month stretch and it was all wasted because I got 13 extra months onto my sentence too. So it was like dead time. So it was just like on top of, on top of, on top. Right. So, and I mean, we don't have to go into it too much if you don't want to, but like I was telling you before, like 
nowhere near connected, but I did spend a month to almost two months on top of a mountain. Only saw a dude every five days bring me food and supplies, but that's like, I'm out in nature. I have a hundred pot plants to look at and right. to see. But for me, just even being in that environment, like your consciousness and reality comes like it's so far stretching and then it just zooms inward almost for me at least. And like, so it does a weird thing to your consciousness to be that isolated. Right. What did, what, what would that kind of do for you? And just for being in that place. It made me never want to go back. I mean, you know, they, like I said, they weren't there. It's a money making industry. No. Period. We've all ac- yep. we've all accepted yep. that. I'm not I'm not saying anything groundbreaking. No, Joe there's... Rogan, calm down. No need to call me. <laughs> I know I'm, not, I'm not bringing up anything we don't know. There's documentaries on Netflix um, about it. You know, they stole all my ideas, but whatever. So, <laughs> but you know, the other stuff like the prison guard union, they have the second strongest union, biggest union in the state. That's scary. Fuck yeah, that is. Um, which I mean, but yeah, I, I mean they don't do anything for you. It's somebody pit, you know. Pendleton clothes are made at the prison in Pendleton. Whoa. Yeah. So <laughs> I love all the hippies that are just rocking the shit out of that clothing right. line too. And you know, I, it's whatever. It's you know, you're not surprised when you go to prison. I wasn't like, oh my gosh, <laughs> I would have never. You know, you have to expect you're in there with a bunch of dudes that have bunch done a bunch of dumb shit. And that's it. Yeah. So, you know, it, it passed. Sometimes it doesn't even seem real because that it actually happened because I'm living, you know, here. In, A whole different reality yeah, right now. It's not, it, it's almost like that. Unless I'm talking about it with you, I don't think about it anymore. Wow. And then, so how long have you been out since then? I just had my 10-year anniversary. Congratulations. Congratulations. Of not one second of being incarcerated since the day I was released. Jesus. So, that was 10 years ago. So, I'm I'm, I'm into my second phase of my life. My third phase. Yeah. So, I went, you know, my born to 20, doing normal stuff, 20 to 30, prison, now 30 to 40 i'm 40 next month so you know what was it like the 30 to 40 how do you reestablish yourself when you get out just as like a person or but i'm a people person that's the thing yeah you are i'm not somebody that's you know you're like oh man what'd that guy go through yeah you know i'm not i'm not that guy i'm gonna you know i can i can talk to people i had a job waiting tables at applebee's my third day out because the general manager who did my interview, yeah. I was locked up with her best friend. <laughs> so they're like, yeah, yeah, come work for us and wait tables and hand all these people's credit cards. And, you know, but it was, it was cool. Yeah, yeah. So I waited tables at Applebee's, didn't like it, went and started attending bar. That was cool. Did that for a while. And I started selling cars. Hated doing that. Really? You hear yeah. That? Really? Yeah. yeah, because they're just so fucking slimy. Oh. And you can yes. only smoke so many cigarettes with the same 50-year-old <laughs> yes. dude that's like, every customer, he, oh, hey, hey, Jim, is that you? You know, and you're like, you know, you can tell he spends all his money at the strip club. Just, 
No. Then I just had a son. Carter yeah. had just been born. Um, and uh, so I wanted to do something different. So I went in and started cleaning carpets for a summer. Found a huh. job cleaning carpets. I told my Carter's mom at the time, you know, well, she's still his mom, I guess. <laughs> Carter's mom. I, I said, I'm going to, I'm going to do something different. I need a summer off to figure out no. where I'm going in life. You know, cause I'm fresh out, you know, after doing eight and a half years, I'm not too hurried to get back into the game. You know, I'm doing a little bit here and there with the weed stuff, but. Yeah. And weed's not really. Yeah. yeah and it was, it just wasn't, you know, I just was giving it, you know, so I went and started cleaning carpets and I was, this guy cleaned carpets like I'd never seen before. Dried it an hour, got shit out. It was just, it was amazing. The labor time was almost, you know, it was low. So after being there for six months, I said, look, man, you got to cut me in or I'm going to start my own. Because That's a strong I strong arm move. I like that. Well, because I, I had become the guy who did his bids. I didn't even clean carpets anymore because we did pressure washing and roof cleaning. And I was doing every bit. I'd come in in the morning, take a stack of bids, and I'm closing 95%. Like, we're, if I get to the house, we're calling that office. Yeah, yeah. And, and putting that on the schedule. So I was like, man, you got to, you know... You got to you got to give me some. You he, give me into that business. Yeah, he I mean, didn't want to give. He didn't want he didn't want to give, and I can respect that. And so, mm-hmm. that was in Albany. So I moved to Eugene and started True Green Carpet and Upholstery Solutions, number one on Yelp. <laughs> Shameless plug. <laughs> we'll be Lincoln. Don't worry, we'll be Lincoln. We have- number Uno on Yelp. You know, I started it, and so that's what I did. I took our tax returns for that year. Yeah. I sold her car. Sold my car. Took us from a three-bedroom house, put us in a two-bedroom duplex. And bought what I needed. And that was in December of 2012. Was when I established it. And then we got our, you know, early returns and spent every penny of it on equipment. And, (laughs) you know, a new... And we had an HHR that was, you know, it was wrapped... And the seats would just fold down. And then when it was time to be dad, I put the seats up, put the equipment in the garage, and now it's a family vehicle. It's the family sedan. The, the family carpet cleaning vehicle. So this is the you that I know, the okay. you that I've met. Okay. Tell music me. producer. Yes. Music, like basically there's some great rappers here in town and sure. all over the place. Yeah. And I met you as you're the promoter. You're the guy who gets stuff done. How do you make that from carpet cleaning to that? <laughs> it's an interesting jump. Well, <laughs> but you remember, I was a hustler before I was anything. A hustler spared through and through. Right? Yeah. So carpet cleaning. So I did carpet cleaning four years. My mom passed away mm-hmm. um, four years ago. And um, so loyal to the soil was a was a med was med so i'll get it so i started so it got down to eugene started the carpet cleaning company on the side i was growing medically yeah okay started loyal to the soil farms i love that name love the name dope right loyal to the soil it's like a stamp and you know and so i was doing that my mom passed away i flew to north carolina to take care of that and my business partner todd um todd gobell he flew out and he's like, you don't, you, you don't need to be alone right now. Yeah. And he flew out on his own dime. He just, he showed up at my mom's in North Carolina. Um, and 
and he was talking with Cool Nuts, who I know I'm sure you're familiar with. Great Portland rapper, a legend in Portland, still doing it. I produced a couple of his albums, uh, one with Nipsey Hussle on it nice. a couple of years ago before he passed, and um, we decided I was going to produce Cool Nuts's next album uh, in my mom's kitchen. That's the best time to do. All I've been doing was growing was growing weed and cleaning carpets, right? That's it. I mean, what else could you want? No, that sounds like a great fucking. Life. Um, and so in that moment, I got into music, and I did it like everything else. I I focused on it. It was my priority, and we became you know we we eventually you know we've been on tour with count you know Fetty Wap and Little Wayne and. S-O-B-R-B-E four times, E-40 a handful of times, you know, Sage of Gemini. We've done so many shows because I just didn't stop. And I put everything into it, you know, and so... Legitimately a hustler with every single thing that you do in life. The same way as you were showing up early in the morning doing the carpet cleaning. I'm at your house 8 a.m. Good morning. I'm Ryan with True Green. And then it's the same thing with the the music. Yeah, I put on that thirty gram, thirty di- you know thirty carat chain, <laughs> um, and loyal to the soil chain. And you walk. I mean, when you walk into the does it have a does it have a carpet cleaner on the? <laughs> no, that's my other one. I have one that I wear while I'm cleaning carpets. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. And so, I just I decided we were gonna do music, and I found some great artists to work yeah. with. And well, and that's why I like it too, though, is because it is the loyal to the soil brand, right? With the music out of Eugene, Oregon. Eugene, Oregon's on the logo. That's you know, we're repping our city, yeah. you know. So, so how did you get while you're cleaning carpets, though, and then going and doing medical? What, how did that work for you as somebody who spent time in jail, in prison? Um, how I, I didn't have any obstacles, I got lucky. I started that carpet cleaning company. I came down here. I joined BNI, Business Network International, and there happened to be a guy there who knew was like great friends with the biggest property manager in the city. Over three thousand bedrooms they managed, and he goes, "Hey," and we start talking. Hey, man, I want to introduce you. We were doing sixty thousand dollars a year just for them the first year. Jesus Christ. Just for them. Yeah. Uh, so, so, I mean, I got lucky. Then we, you know, the resident, everything comes with that, right? Because when you don't need it, the jobs are abundant. And we did the right marketing. And so, you know, we built this reputation over the last eight years that's really solid. Yeah. You know, I took a break from carpet cleaning to do the music stuff. And I'm back doing the carpet cleaning right now, giving it a facelift, yeah. getting back in it, doing every single job. 40 years old out there, 8 a.m. Good morning. Knocking on doors. <laughs> yeah. We're here to clean your carpets. We're here to save the world one dirty carpet at a time. You do fucking save <laughs> But I, you know, doing the medical stuff, though, was that weird for you after spending time in prison? Yeah, I was going to ask. Everything I think my, was. my question would. Everything was. Can I ask a quick question? Sure. Like, like, from the time you went in, what was. Like cannabis was one way, and then when the you came out, like what was that adjustment like? Just in the way the world had changed. Um, 
I mean, like you said, it was what I what I went in. It was four thousand dollars a pound. You had one grow store, and the fucking feds would sit there <laughs> and wait for motherfuckers to come out with fifty lights. <laughs> okay, and we're not talking Gavitas. We're talking big fucking hooded lights. Like, if you don't have a semi-truck, you're not hiding in bitches. No. I mean, they're like 12 feet long. Yeah, the big the big ones. Yeah, the, you know, the monsters. And so, you know, the ability to get good indoor weed here back then was hard. And it was expensive everywhere. I mean, they were paying 5000 a pound in New York for outdoor sour diesel. Yeah, they were. <laughs> I mean, you know. So, it was it was a huge change. I was like, to me, I was given a license to fuck off. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I got a card. But I got 200 plants in this bitch. <laughs> I mean, we we all had cards and we all stretched the the, the reality yeah, of those cards. Yeah, I let my card lapse. I didn't care. Yeah. It gave me, it, you know, it told me. What it told me is they don't care anymore. You know. Really? So, I was off to the races with it. You felt that just with cards that they were just like, okay, well, just don't be stupid. But you guys do you. Right. I mean, if you do it right. Yeah. You know, if you even get cards. You know, this. The, we're not in the days of the e-web, you know, like turning in your house bill mm-hmm. and saying, well, they're, they're, they're growing weed here. Yeah. Right. Because they're using 12,000, you know, watts a day more <laughs> than they've ever used. I mean, you know. It's a small little <laughs> residential house. It was great. Much. Yeah. I mean, it was... It's what I came to Oregon for in the beginning. Yeah, it get, it let me get into the weed industry the way that I wanted to get into it. I wanted to, I wanted to, you know, from farm to table. Yeah. No, I remember when I came out here in two thousand nine. Just as far as I had seen it, this place was so much more chill than New Jersey or Philadelphia ever could be. And just them being like, "Hey, so just go get this card." And unless you're doing something incredibly stupid, you'll be okay. I mean, I was selling clones to, um, well, Sweet Tree Farms. <laughs> this is long, you know. Long in the medical days. A- and it was legal, though. It was we legal. Could, because, because there's a lady who had a nice little hustle where you take her 500 clones and she inspects them and it's a dollar a clone. And now they're state certified to be sold <laughs> in a dispensary. If you can't see my air quotes in Radioland. State certified. State certified. We could feel them. Okay. <laughs> we could feel them. Well, I mean, in the medical days before it, it turned to wreck, there wasn't any rules. They're nope. like, we're coming up with the rules. Dude, we'll I was bringing you know. in shit. I was growing it. We were growing in the backyard. <laughs> slapping a fucking getting it tested. Hey, hey we got tested weed for you. Yeah. You know, it just, it was the good old days. No, I definitely remember back in those days. It was know, so like, wild. It was wide open. It, well, it when it went medical like that, like because at the beginning there wasn't dispensaries, right. but then once the dispensary started, two ounces up, a month from your grower, mm-hmm. that's what you're getting. But you could literally go in and just sell them any weed, right? You didn't have to track where it came from. I mean, tracking, no tracking. When it went to the when you had to start filling out online forms for medical, yeah. is when I stopped renewing my cards. Yeah, I'm like, I'm not doing this. I'm not. Tell, I don't care. I'm done. I remember when that came up was like a year. Why? Why? Why were you done? Sorry, Mike. Because I'll fill out a form once a year, and you're lucky that I do that. Because fuck you, for telling me that I need to beg my mom and dad to grow weed. 
That's how I felt. I'm not gonna be- like I'm not gonna beg you to do this because I've been I've got I don't know how many charges, probably eight or nine decent drug felonies. No. You know, like, you know, survivor of that war. You know, selling twenty dollar sacks downtown. I I'm just not you know, I'm not into it. I'm not going to get online every month and fill out what I have in dry weight and what I have in wet weight, what's in flour, what's in veg. No, I want to send you $200 per patient once a year, and that's all I want to hear from you. That's it. So I stopped, I stopped you know, paying them. You're just like, fuck it. I stopped, pay- I stopped getting taxed by the man. <laughs> Hell yeah! Well, I mean, you're like a lib- like a libertarian <laughs> if you believed in that kind of stuff. Yeah, sure. I'm just like fuck you. Like I'm not gonna beg. Like they're I hear there's they're gonna make us buy permits here for paddle boards and canoes to go on the. I'm not joking. Really? Just like boats. Just like my sea dudes, I have to get them registered every year. Yeah. They're gonna require permits. Like when you go to the dunes, it's like what the fuck? I'm sick of getting taxed. Well, and you know what's funny, too, is, like, even here in Oregon, it's way less taxed than anywhere else in America. Oh, yeah. It, like, maybe Montana or I get something mad. like that. I get mad when I'm, like, <laughs> are we talking about weed? No, just oh. everything. Oh, well, yeah, unless your house tax. I'm, you own a home, and you're in the top. What is I Oregon? mean, dude, I mean, no, because in New Jersey, the fucking uh, property tax there, it's insane. Like, my, my grandmom is basically paying what could be a mortgage here in Eugene. Well, dude, there's, for the, there are houses we looked at in the 230 that were like $4,500 a year in taxes geez. on a $250,000 home. It's like, damn, in 30 years, you're going to pay for that house again in taxes. Exactly. It's wild. Well, it all depends on what they're doing with those property taxes. Right. If they're going like Dude, we have if they're abundant- going to the schools and shit, that's dope. <laughs> but if it's going to like, hey, we're also building a new stadium that you're not you're also can't afford to go into because it costs a hundred dollars. No, head a new every prison. Fucking event. <laughs> we're building another oh. prison. But they isn't that a private prison industry? Not in Oregon. It's ran by the state. From farm to table. Now, are there still marijuana offenders in jail in Oregon? Yes. How how have they not released them? Um, I don't know. And I mean, you know, you got to think if you're, you know, they're 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 they will take you to jail for some stuff. I mean, like they in Roseburg they did a bust I think I think it was Roseburg or Grants Bath you know when you get sometimes when you get too far out of control and you're fucking doing meth and you're fucking you know now you got guns on the property and weird sketch ass people and all these all this weed you know cause they know what everyone's doing obviously you know yeah. I mean they know what you're doing yeah. so if they don't have to worry about you shooting up the fucking place because you're high on meth you know they're watching these guys the ATF is watching them and so things like that. But, you know, are there people selling sa- sacks? Fuck, are there people still selling sacks on the street? I don't think so. I don't even think there is a weed man anymore here like <laughs> it used to be. The weed man, you'd go downtown. If, yeah. Like, well, that's what I'm saying. That That's weird that there's still people in jail on weed charges. When it's it's probably it's, more embezzlement. I mean, it's it's because of the weed, but they're, char- you know, they're charging them with, you know, tax evasion you know, things like yeah. that. Is there people in there still for possessing weed? I don't think so. No. 
Nothing now, like that. It's been legal here since four years. Nineteen. No, I'm talking about. It's been oh. a citation mm-hmm. since, like, you know. Oh, I see. What early saying, '90s, yeah. it's been decriminalized mm-hmm. because we were what second state in the union to go medical, right behind California. Yeah, they went '98, we went '99. Well, Idaho was really ahead on decriminalization too. I know that for a fact. <laughs> there what? That I know that they were Idaho was really far ahead on the possession and pair. It's just like decriminalized. I just know that because I got. I got arrested there a long time ago, and they were like, yeah, it's just a ticket here. And I was like, good for you guys. That's fucking dope. Right. Idaho's scary now. I thought Idaho was a scary state. Well, for people. No, I was worried. I was like. Well, well, back in you know back in the day, you get caught in Nevada with, with the steed. With some roaches, you're going to jail. Yeah. Like, they used to have just this hard line on. Now they've got the biggest fucking dispensaries in the world, man. You know? It's It's wild. Well, that, that's the good thing about Vegas. It's illegal till it's not. And then they... <laughs> it's illegal till it's too much fun. And then yeah, they're like... And then they're like, hey, hey oh, let's you can add it. how much money? <laughs> oh, well, yeah. Oh, we didn't know that. Yeah. You should have said something. Now we love you. <laughs> right, but weed's, yeah. weed's a part of the culture here. When I'm traveling, you know, and I meet people, the first thing I do is I'm like, hey, you want to smoke? You know, I'm breaking out some weed and, you know, rolling it up. Um... And, yeah, you did make that uh, that green room at that white label extract show. <laughs> Something you just added like there was like a level to it that it was gonna be, and then you were there, and I was like, oh, then we're good. We're everything's gonna be taken care of. It was a great time. We were just talking about that the other day. Me and Stack. Me and Stacks. Remember the guy I brought yeah. because he had got yeah. caught with the two hundred fifty pounds in Arizona, and he was out on. Oh yeah, he was out on bail awaiting sentencing. <coughs> well, he ended up getting a five-year suspended sentence, did six months in the county, and he's been home for six months or so. So he did six months mm-hmm. for that much? Yep. Is it just the laws now are no. just... <laughs> no. Get a hold of yourself. It's because money talks. Was that Arizona? Yeah. Is that what you yeah. said? Yeah. When you t- well, when you, what when, county? Um... It, well, this is it was in there. It was in the Marisupa County, or no, 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 Navajo, Navajo County. It was like on the edge, on an Indian reservation, type of thing, right? Oh. So it's like, I think it was Navajo County, and so it's still a county jail, which sucks. Um, but that's what they do there. Like they knew how he got caught and everything. <laughs> like the like the inmates are telling him how he got caught. He's like motherfucker. That's how I got caught. It's just because that's like that's one what of they the do main... because they, well because they have readers there on the side of the freeway. If you're paying attention, don't drive a rental car through Arizona if you have any kind of trafficking issues. If you're trafficking pot, don't do a rental car through AZ because they have <laughs> they have sensors <laughs> that tell them rental car alert. So the cop goes, oh, you're following too closely. That's what happened to me when I was driving cross country in Illinois. Is they were like, oh, you were following too too closely. The fuck are you talking about? So they have sensors in Arizona. Let's just recap. Yeah. There are sensors there. And they also track how many times cars are going back and forth that are from out of state type of thing. So, because they're on the border. So if you're coming from Texas in all the time, 
well, they're going to start pulling you over because they're tracking you like that. You're... Yeah, well, I'm not against that. You're being kind of dumb <laughs> if you're doing the same thing over and over. That's like my hey. That's like my uncle. Here, listen. It's like my uncle. One, one of my uncles. I have many. <laughs> he would, he would get DUIs, but he would come drive. And this is a small town. And he would drive from the same bar home every night at the same time. And the cop was just like, dude. I know you're shit-faced. Stop driving. I'm going to pull you over every time. And he's like, they're out to get me. And they're like, yeah, dude, because they know you're drunk. Fucking stop it. Or drive another truck. Jesus Christ. Just do it. And he finally, yeah, he finally was just like, yeah. And I was like, see, I'm not. He's like, they're out to get me. And me and my dad were just like, they're not, dude. You're just. Well, and it's just, there's only so many roads in and out of state. Well, it's the 40. You know, they're on yeah. the 40. So it's yeah. like, you know, that baby runs from coast to coast. Mm-hmm. So they're on that bad boy. You know, whatever. Some- I told, I was in that, there's a there's like three or three interstates that, that cross in Little Rock. And I saw six just up ahead. You know, and it's in one of those areas where it's just like interstates on top of interstates. Right. That one of those things. And I just saw six Suburbans up ahead, and I was like, yo, I'm going to get pulled over. And my my wife was like, how you know that? What are you doing? I was like, nothing. But I have Texas plates, and we're coming through here right now. And I was like, and they're doing something. It just, sure enough, she was like, holy shit, there's somebody behind you. You're getting pulled over right now. I was like, I knew it. <laughs> I think I just checked. He just checked real fast. He was like, hey, and I was like, yo, this is going to be weird as hell. I've got, like, California license. These are Texas plates. I just bought this motherfucker. But I had, like, all my whole family in there and the dog, and the guy's like, dog, oh, go ahead. Right. I mean, I had a little bit of weed, probably, but not what he wanted. Right. He's looking, she was, he's looking then, for the bust. Yeah. Oh, he was just like, he was like, get out of here. Like, he wasn't mad or anything. He was just like, oh, go, go, go. Right. He's like, okay, th- and this then, one down. Next. Yeah. You know. Yeah, and there was like, and I was like, count them, count them. And she was like, we went through, and she was like, I counted 11. I was like, yeah. She's like, what are they doing? I was like, they are stopping traffickers right, right now. Right. Well, did I ever tell you about when I was driving cross country, what <laughs> happened? So when I was moving back to Philly for right, that right, short yeah. amount of time. We missed each other. I love Philly. Oh, yeah. I love Philly. Philly's the fucking shit. But I was driving cross country. No, it's fine. Don't you dare. Um, <laughs> Philly, we gotta do Philly together. Yeah, let's all do okay. Philly. Let's together. go to a fucking. You know let's what? go to an Eagles game. I have game. some friends. We'll meet there. You know what? We will have let's a good time. Let's go to an Eagles okay. game. That's what I'm talking about. But I was driving back cross country to Philly. I had my truck and I had the canopy on it, and the entire back was just filled with boxes of my life. You know, my books, everything, and with a, Oregon plates. With Oregon plates. So I'm driving through. That's just a guarantee. <laughs> Bro, you're getting That's searched. What you're I, getting searched. You're getting searched. I knew that. I Oregon's knew like that. a red fucking beam on your car. Mm-hmm. When we drove to Kansas. Was it Kansas? We drove to Kansas. We got pulled over in Wyoming. In Kansas. <laughs> <laughs> they're like, Oregon, huh? Oregon. And, and they're slick. The guy, he goes, it's super windy. We're up on like a mountain. Yeah. And he goes, well, come sit in my car. And I hear something behind me. I'm like, what the fuck? That's the same thing that happened to me. Yeah, because he's trying to get the dog to fucking hit on you. That's exactly what happened. Dirty fuckers. So that's what he was like. He was like, here, come in. I'll just give you. It's like it's revenue, you guys. It's a profit deal. It's almost almost like they make money on it or something. Yeah. Yeah. Why they do it. It's weird. (laughs) Yeah. 
But that's what they... Because they also don't... Yeah, they don't want you to come back either. <laughs> Just pay that fucking money and get out of here. Yeah, there's no court date. Mm-mm. But, you know, if you want to come, it's like, fuck you, man. <laughs> like, fuck you. <laughs> fuck. But, but that's the thing, though, is that the dog, same whole story and everything. Three <laughs> cops pull up, and they go, do you have any cannabis on you? I was like, no. I actually worked in the rec market. I've been doing this for the last 10 years. I'm smart enough to not actually drive cross country right. with it. Not even and a pen? Not even a pen. Not, because I knew this shit was going to happen. Yeah. I just, I didn't want to get fucked with. But they fucking... I still can't help myself. I know. They, <laughs> they sat there for fucking <laughs> two hours cutting open every single box in oh, the yeah. back of my truck. They ended up taking my system apart from my subwoofers <laughs> and looking in there. Those guys were so goddamn pissed. By oh, they're the pissed because they swear anyone coming from Oregon's got that shit, baby. Yeah, it's I, just like when I meet people, um, and I tell them where I'm from. Off rip, they're like, "Where's the tree? <laughs> Where's the money?" <laughs> And I'll tell you where the tree might be. I don't yeah, know. where it possibly I don't have could it. be. Yeah, yeah, not yeah. Me. no, no. You know somebody who might know somebody. I don't really know anybody. Nobody knows anybody. Oh, this is just a lie. Yeah, it's the actual. Mike saw me walking downtown returning bottles, and was like, "Dude, <laughs> hey, you were can you cleaning come tell stories? Can you come tell? You're st- cleaning this carpet." And I, so I talked to myself so much. He's like, "Dude, those are dope stories. Come tell them to my buddies." <laughs> Like, I only get to stay a half hour after this podcast, and then I go sleep on the streets again. It's fucked up. I wouldn't do you, though. <laughs> no, I love it here. I love it. Yeah, so that's what they're doing. So it's, you know, so yeah, $10,000, a lawyer was $10,000, and that's the deal he got. First time offender. He got attempted. That's a good, that's a good deal. No, it's not. Well, for who? For everyone, Right. I guess. Yes. Except yes. if he gets in trouble again, he has a five year fucking suspended sentence. So for the next five years, if he gets in trouble, he goes straight to prison in Arizona to finish out that five years. Oof. To normal person, you'd be like, Well, that's cool. But we're like, you know You're living life. Yeah, we're not you know, things happen, is all I'm saying. And and so, you know, for him, you know, it's good because he, you know, He's not doing nothing else. He's just doing music and focusing on that, which is dope. So for him, it's good. Plus, he gets to transfer to a state where he can smoke weed. (laughs) I mean, that. so that he, I think everyone got the, you know, good deal. Judge probably got a little bit. Mm. Lawyer got a little bit. I don't know how that works, but. That's what I mean for 10 grand, whoever he paid. That's a good deal yeah. for what he had. We called around because that's a lot. Yeah, we in we, where he was. We called around, you know, and I, you know, I, I just think that the world's starting to wake up, man. Yeah. I do. To, a lot of the country's starting to wake up to fucking people aren't going to accept ten year sentences on fucking weed anymore. Mm-mm. Oh, okay. I don't hear I people like, getting or just how corrupt I don't hear every people get, fucking you know, thing. Everything's is. on Facebook. Yeah. So if Victoria's Secrets went up three dollars, everybody would fucking know it in twelve seconds. It'd be trending on Twitter. You know, everything's accessible. And so, you know, that I'm not hearing that. So I'm not hearing people getting these long sentences for weed anymore. I'm just not. Are you guys hearing that out there? No. I No, you don't. They're trying to get everybody out is what's happening. Yeah, they're not. I mean. That's where most of the. I'll be honest. Then I have. I don't know if I've ever talked about this on the podcast, but I might have been part of the last marijuana case. Actually, one of the defense attorneys. 
said that in the jury thing. I was a jury. I got called for jury duty for one of the last marijuana cases in uh, in Los Angeles. But they uh, they didn't pick me for the jury after I got to speak. <laughs> uh, and, Sorry. Uh, the they uh, they asked uh, the defense attorney. One of them asked. He said, "We'll dismiss. We'll dismiss. Move to dismiss juror number forty-five if he'll tell us where he's performing this week." <laughs> and as I walked out, I was like, "I'll be at the Improv on Melrose on Thursday night, eight thirty-five." <laughs> and I walked out, and the bailiff, the bailiff lady, she was like, "That was crazy." <laughs> uh, but I just made this point where I was like, "Well, this is obviously like some kind of political move." Because no one here is making any money. They have all court-appointed fucking attorneys. So no one here is making money. Right. I was like, this is some kind of... This has, This makes no sense. And the judge was like, all right, all right, stop, stop. And I was like, and if you want to get... <laughs> if you want to start talking about Citizens United, this is our only real power we have left is to take over juries and, like, you know, move that. Because I don't know who's on these councils and did all these zonings. And the judge was like, all right, all right, that's enough. <laughs> and I was like, uh, I am tainting the jury pool is what I'm With my taint. Right <laughs> yeah. Come here, touch it. They let me leave. But it was, it was, I just remember it being like, this is so fucked. This is fucked. This is a power move about money that these three nice Mexican ladies who were just trying to sell weed were 200 feet inside some zoning thing that didn't exist when they started their business, and now you're trying to put them in jail? Go fuck yourself. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's ridiculous. It was a power move to put any mom-and-pop shop out. We'll get to that when we when we do a season in Southern California. We'll get to that. I'm sorry I got preachy about that. But <laughs> I've watched them all... All the little mom and pop ones disappear since I've got here. That's how they do it. They kick out the OGs who have been in it since day one. Yeah. And that's what I'm saying. It's like buying weed for my parents. You know, it sucks. And then, you know, people that do get in it, they always get screwed. Like, you always, you know, it's like you always hear people getting screwed over. It's just, it's a bad one for it. So, yeah, it does suck. They are kicking out. That's why we're doing this podcast. Is to educate people that don't know so when their state starts moving and doing the right thing, they can prevent this shit from happening. Keep the yeah. mom and pops going. Well, the problem is you can't pass it without the legislation patched in it in that state. That's Citizens United. That's what I'm talking so, about. We need to start a pack, a ha- super pack. Yeah. I'll, yeah. My super pack bowls. <laughs> But I'm all about it. Like I'm, a, I'm, I'm for it. Like I, you know, I'm, I, I, I'm more than willing to, you know, show up and be a part of, you know, stuff like that because it's, you know, it's real. You know, that's the perfect line to leave on. Is I super pack bowls. I super pack I bowls. I think that's perfect. So. That's, that's fucking right. So I won again. I won again. You win all the fucking time. Fuck yeah, baby. And Woo!
I told you. Yeah, absolutely. You did tell them. I, I said, there's nothing I can tell you to prepare you. So just enjoy. Now, I know you have questions. Everyone has questions. We don't have any of the answers oh. to this one. And there might not even if be Ryan answers. didn't give you... That's another very truthful thing about the interview we just heard. There might not be answers. And if Ryan didn't tell you the answers, then there are no answers. Absolutely. But he is but genuine. He's genuinely a nice guy. He's a fantastic human I, being. And we love him like so I, much. I don't know if we edited that out or not, but he is invited... He has an open invitation to any green room of mine ever because of how he upped the one at the White Label show, White Label Extract. He, he turned it, it, it's it's always a party when you're with him. Always a party, so. And it's fun, like, yeah. And I think he's like, he. you know what he I love about him? And the, there's like that, I don't want to say type of person, but it kind of is. It's it's they've they've known what they're very like you said genuine about who they are and where they've been and what they've done. And what he said that I related to the most and loved the most was like, I've been there, I've paid that price, now I move forward. Yeah. He's like, so many people live in this this past time thing. And I thought that was the most interesting thing in that he said. I was like, not even say it during the interview because I was like, I, I, I was just like, I just agree with what you're saying so much. And the thing that struck me and I didn't articulate it and is people that haven't even gone through half or a quarter of what he's gone through. And he's like, no, that's, we've taken care of this. That's, I've done this part. Now this is part of my life, and this is where we move forward. Yeah. He, and he said, he was like, they weren't trying to rehabilitate me in there. And it sounded like they were just trying to keep him in there. No. Uh, because of money. And then, but he chose to rehabilitate himself, yeah. which is something powerful. I, I will always make time for people like that. Oh, absolutely. You know what I mean? The, the, That's why I was like, I don't care about your past. It's like, what are you doing now? The, the ability to remake yourself, remold yourself, and move on from past shit. Because we all got past shit. You know, yes. some people to varying degrees. But to be able to just leave that in the past and move forward. You know, not to go to the Isaiah podcast. But that is living multiple lives. You are living multiple lives that way. You're yeah. starting fresh. You're starting anew. And that shit can't touch you no more. You're not even starting anew. What you're starting is like now you have these gifts of this knowledge of like you have these tendencies and if you let this shit take over, this is what happens. So now you know you have this this upper hand this time. Yeah. That if you do this and you do this, this shit will happen. Now, you also know if you just keep doing this, this is what you want. Exactly. I don't know why this turned into like a very Tony Robbins thing at the end. <laughs> But it's because he's inspirational to, that well, way. You, and fuck off! You don't need to give him twenty five grand. I'll just listen to Grown Local. Just subscribe <laughs> to Grown Local. I'll make you believe in yourself. Uh, you guys can find everybody on Instagram on the information thing tab in the 
in the description of this episode. Guys, thank you so much for reaching out. Uh, keep hollering at us, Grown Local Pod. Uh, in August, we are going to be launching Season 2 and the Patreon. So, yeah. Probably the Patreon first, so you get access to Season 2 before everyone else. Pretty cool. Uh, you can find Mike on stuff. I'm not well, going to say it. I'm not going to say you, this, you learned. We're learning and I growing. Learned. I'll forget, uh, though. Slee, thank you so much for making this sound beautiful and the music and everything. Guys, uh, we got pushed on the Humboldt trip because of COVID. Newsom came out and he was like, nah, motherfuckers. I think he was just talking to us specifically. He knew we were uh, too powerful. We were gaining too much steam. He was like, I'm very afraid. He's the, they're educating too many people. Too many people are going to understand this can save the world. I don't even know if that's his voice. But <laughs> So we had to push. We're going up in a couple of weeks. Uh, everyone wear a mask. And social distance and don't be dumb so we can continue to make this podcast. <laughs> and if you know uh, dope motherfuckers in Humboldt, holler at us, grownlocalpod at gmail.com. Guys, thank you so much. We love Grow you. Own. Grow your own. <laughs>